Hey there, this is Tammy File, and I'm so glad that you could join us today. We want you to know that whatever you're facing, we are here praying for you. And we pray that you're able to experience the presence of the Lord in your circumstances and that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you matter to God. Hello, welcome to the Journey Bible Study. Glad to be with you guys. Today we are going to be looking at uh, a very important passage in Scripture that I hope is going to encourage your heart a great deal. Um, You will have most likely just finished week 17 in the Journey with God Bible study. This week's chapter has been entitled Removing the Slave Bands, and it will have gone through some pretty important scriptures, perhaps some sensitive scriptures as you consider your walk with God and coming out uh, into a place of more freedom with God yourself. Our, our verse was Isaiah 52, 11, go now, leave your bonds and slavery, put your captivity behind you with everything it represents, for it is unclean to you. You are one of the Lord's holy people. Purify yourself, you who carry home the vessels of the Lord. Tonight's message is going to help us learn how to better purify ourselves before the Lord and to leave that mindset and atmosphere of captivity and begin to walk forward in that new identity of freedom. Perhaps it is unfamiliar to us, but it is fully within our reach to live in the fullness of that freedom. And so that is where we are going today together. Let's begin with prayer. Father God, I'm so grateful to be here with my sisters and with you. I'm so thankful, Father, that you call us to yourself. I'm thankful, Father, that we are welcome in your presence at all times, no matter what condition we find ourselves in. Father, I am grateful that you have left your Holy Spirit as a deposit within us to strengthen us, to give us what we need to live this life. Father, I am so thankful that our life here on earth has limitless possibilities within your will. That doesn't mean that we will accomplish every dream that we would desire, but it does mean that we have full ability to accomplish every dream that you would desire in us, for us, through us. That is just astounding. Come be with us. Teach us your word. We cannot know and understand and our hearts cannot be illuminated without the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we ask you now, open our hearts to your understanding. Transform us by your word. Call life into the places of our heart that have been damaged and harmed by the sin's effects in this world and on us. Come now, Father, and strengthen us and grow us and change us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our text tonight will be in 2 Peter chapter 1. If you will, turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter is at the end of the Bible, shortly before Revelation. So if you start at the back of your Bible and kind of move forward slowly, you will find it. 
going to begin in Second Peter. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, Second Peter chapter 1. If you find it distracting to try to follow along in your translation while I read, then please listen closely. Your translation uh, is something I would encourage you to go back and study as well. But and there'll be much that's very similar. But I'd like you to hear this with a second um, with a New Living Translation. Second Peter chapter one. We'll be reading verses one through eleven. <clears throat> this letter is from Simon Peter a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I'm going to read that again. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. We'll pause there and say that some of you will, will go back through that list and look at a couple of other ways your translations might say that. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of Goodness is what some of yours will say rather than moral excellence. Goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance. Many of your translations may say perseverance, and I would tell you that perseverance speaks to me more strongly of what I really believe the Scripture is saying here than patient endurance, perseverance. Um, implies an, an activity, an, an aggressive condition, uh, a determination, if you will, to endure. Perseverance has an active nature to it. Patient endurance sometimes feels like you're just hanging on. But perseverance is more active than just hanging on. It is a determination to continue moving forward. And so I really like perseverance even better. And your translation may include that. Godliness and with godliness, brotherly affection. Many of your translations will say brotherly kindness. And I really like that as well. Brotherly kindness and then with love for everyone. Verse eight, the more you grow like this, 
the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have the new, uh, the NIV, the new international version, I like the way they have verse eight and it says this, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a sense of um, what it will prevent you from, but this will help you be productive and useful. Verse nine, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Short-sighted or blind. Verse 10, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do these things and you will never fall away. Sisters, that is a powerful promise and one that we need to take seriously together. Do these things. They will keep us from being unproductive. They will keep us from being not useful, and they will keep us from falling away. How many of us know our friends, our, our beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, leaders from the greatest to the least in God's kingdom, not in value, but in a public uh, office, perhaps, in visibility, never in value. There is no difference in value in God's kingdom, but certainly in usefulness, certainly in uh, productivity, certainly in visibility, certainly in influence. How many have you seen fall away? Peter, who knows about falling away because of how he fell away when Jesus was taken to be crucified. Peter tells us that these eight qualities, if they increase in measure in our life, if we build one upon the other, we will not fall away. I think that it is a bit like moving forward. You can't go backwards if you are moving forward. And these qualities help us move forward. So the big question I would have for you today is this, where's your spiritual walk taking you? Where is my spiritual walk taking me? Is it leading you into a more godly life? Are you growing more in grace, as verse 2 says? Would you, are you growing in grace? Are you growing in peace? Are you growing to be more godly? Are you sharing his divine nature more and more and escaping the world's corruption Are you becoming more useful in God's kingdom? Are you becoming more productive in God's kingdom? Or are you slipping away? If you're here, I would 
optimistically and hopefully say you want to move forward. Even if you have been slipping away, if you have been reading through our familiar land story, our sweet little heroine whose name was Possibilities but has been renamed Unsure, has tasted this new citizenship in Loveland, which represents our citizenship in God's kingdom. But she is still very much at home in familiar land and is still powerfully impacted by familiar land's influences, just as we are powerfully impacted by this world's influences. And this world is ruled um, in part as far as the enemy. I mean, this is his playground, is our world and our culture. And until we um, can continue through the retraining and restoration process, he is able to use our own desires against us. Your sin nature has been cut away. But your spirit nature, which is what you have, that is what enables you to participate in God's divine nature. That is part of that God's divine nature. It is not necessarily strong. We have to be retrained and it has to grow in its strength so that it is what is leading us through the Holy Spirit's leadership, that we begin to respond from that spirit nature rather than just our old patterns of thought. The old sin nature is dead and gone. He was circumcised away from us. Paul tells us we were crucified with Christ. We are no longer under our sin nature. Nature. However, our old patterns of thought and response and emotions are very much ingrained. They're, they're default patterns. They are not at this point an active engine, meaning there's not this sin nature driving us, but there is this default pattern of wiring that has to be rewired. And the transformation process in the spiritual world is rewiring and retraining our responses to where our default patterns can become part of God's divine nature as we live more fully from our spiritual nature rather than just our natural self and our natural responses. And we learn all of that through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is what is given to us that enables us to grow and to live in this godly life. But Peter tells us something very important in this passage, many things actually. This is a pivotal passage that really needs to be studied more thoroughly over a longer period of time. But I would encourage us to look at this. Based on on verse 2, Peter says, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. This brings us to number one on your outline if you're taking notes. It's this. I will grow in grace and peace as I grow to know God better. I will grow. I will grow in grace and peace. As, that's our qualifier, as I grow to know God Better. A qualifier means that the second part of that sentence will not be true unless the first part will not be true, excuse me, unless the second part is true. We will grow in grace and peace when and as and if 
we grow to know God better. How do we grow to know God better? We grow to know God better by walking it out with him, by spending time with him every day, by seeking his wisdom on matters, and by by choosing to apply his truth in our lives and, and being unwilling to excuse our bad behaviors any longer. But we also cannot live under a spirit of condemnation. We also must grow past this mindset that says, I'm just uh, an old sinner who, who, who is always going to be this way and will just keep trying to do better. We have to escape that mindset, which is truly of the enemy. In other words, yes, we will make mistakes, but you are no longer a sinner. You are a saint who is saved by God's grace, who is learning to live a godly life. Sinners are not under Jesus' blood. We were sinners, but we are now redeemed. We are purified. Peter goes on when we skip back down to verses eight and nine, and he says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind. And here's why, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Your old sins, and that includes what you've done earlier today, but have asked God to forgive you for, these are gone. You are cleansed from them. God removed your debt of sin from him, from you, when you accepted salvation. Now, the effects of your daily sin continue to um, pop up in your life. In other words, if I tell lies today, I have consequences to live out, and I have stepped out of harmony with God's will. And there are consequences to that as well, not his wrath that has been settled on Calvary through Jesus Christ. God's wrath was poured out. That is the cup that Jesus talks about. It is the cup that Isaiah tells us about, the cup of God's wrath. Revelation tells us the same thing. It is the cup of of God's wrath that was poured out on Christ, it has been fully satisfied. But I do have to deal with the fact that when I step out of harmony with God, there is a restoration process, not a, a condemnation process, not a um, I have to earn my favor with him again, but there is an agreement to learn. Repentance says, I agree with you, God that I was wrong and I chose wrong. Thank you for listening in. I pray that God has stirred something within you today. You can find more information about this study at TammyFile.com.